0: You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW and 106.1 KZCC Conroe and worldwide on the IRLoneStar.com.
1: Good afternoon, and welcome to the Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Uh, Tony Lynn Collins and Cheryl Ellsworth Johanny. We are here. Yeah. Uh, oh, we're two licensed uh, Texas attorneys, and we are here every Tuesday from twelve to one on one hundred four point five and one hundred six point one, Conroe's FM. And you can also listen to us live on Facebook, and you can Facebook message us with questions. And I think that's really the direction that we're going with questions, guys. If you have questions, uh, Facebook message us. Get on our website. You can watch us live, but you can also Facebook messenger us your questions. And I have my computer, and so I'm going to be looking for those questions. I know last week we had a lot of questions, and we just want to make sure that, you know, if we have time, that we can answer your questions. Uh, Today, Tony and I are continuing our discussion on divorce in Texas you know, I have from a woman's perspective, but I remember last week we said from... Uh,
2: About 5%, I was reading the statistics, of men actually have women that are the breadwinners in the relationship for whatever reason, you know, Goldie Hawn or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the for whatever reason, the 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 person that is the one that's really driving, the driving force for making money is or the has the ability to do it easier so that the husband is like stay home or maybe he's a bum I don't know but whatever the case may but be but it's five percent about five huh? percent and that's not a lot but, no I, th- I
1: would think, I think it was I've gotten more. all five percent <laughs> <laughs> you mean you've been married to I, all five percent or no no
2: no no <laughs> uh, I, I'm, try- I was just I'm try- kidding I was thinking this weekend about the relationships that I had and how uh with all of us that you learn from them and just right. like we were talking earlier today um uh, you, you sort of know, and, and like we did last week, um, trust is the most important thing in the relationship. And you know when you marry somebody, and, and this would probably be important to you, Station Manager Dick, since I understand you're getting married shortly, and you'll probably never have any of these issues. Um, but like No, my he's marriage- shaking his head no. No way. <laughs> in, in my relationship right, right now, I don't have to even worry about. I mean, I have no concern whatsoever about there being a, a break in the relationship or the trust. I mean, I'm that— Comfortable, I'm that. That's I'm, great. I'm that at peace with this relationship. That I just wish that I had had the patience to wait for the right person. And that wasn't anything wrong. I don't think with my first two husbands. Well, the second one was possessed. I'm certain of that. Yeah. Right. Um, but um, that's not his fault. I pray for him all the time. And we needed an exorcist, and we just see it one at a time. But um, <laughs> but with the first one, um, I just don't think. I think we were we were better friends than we were spouses. And I didn't give it time. And I tried for twenty years. To make it work, and I think what we were talking about earlier was, I learned that when when you're in a situation where there is a, a, a breach in the trust, what my, my innate reaction is, and I guess it's it's not it's learned by some people, but it was something that I just had, is that uh, I don't talk. I will I will back off. So the minute I stop talking, and it should be the way with most people if you're having a, a, a an issue with trust you should sit back and watch what's going on and not Absolutely. be not be sharing everything that's on your mind because you're not sure if that's the the new enemy. It could right. be they have just suddenly become possessed or there may be a third wheel that you don't know about, somebody that's right. after your spouse. Right. But it, you're, it's best not to open up that you have distrust because maybe you're wrong. So you need to watch and sit back. And that's part of the things that we're going to talk about today is when you see the cracks in the relationship, it could be that maybe you're just a little paranoid and maybe you shouldn't be. But I'm a really good, I think it's a, a good, I think women have a lot of intuition. I that, do too. I and maybe that. more so than men because men are kind of like, they, they see life like the the straight railroad track, whereas women see the, the crisscrosses and they're going every which way. That's how our, our minds are. Their circuit, you know, our circuits are different. But if you see something that you don't, that doesn't seem right, just take a step back. Don't get crazy. Don't ask a lot of questions, but observe. That's the most, that's the best thing you can do. And uh, that, guy goes towards part of what we're going to talk about today, and that is um, if you see maybe there's some things going on, uh, like maybe your husband's hiding assets or your wife, on the other hand, we're mm-hmm. going to tell you how they hide assets no. and how to— uh, what are the signs, which I wouldn't even have thought of some of these, but I should have seen some of these signs.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's great because mm-hmm. I think that— uh, the person who's not the income earning spouse, and so I'm going to say women because you, that's you just ma- majority, said right? that—that's the majority. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they get blindsided, and money gets hidden away, and they never, never even entered their mind now, to that's go look to there.
2: Say that, um, and I, it like in other relationships where I've you know handled the divorces or been exposed to you know their their facts um, that the woman who's not the breadwinner has got is stringing along the rich husband. And, and and hiding the money or saying they're spending it for something else or going out with their friends and socking away a ton of money. But ultimately what happens is even if that, that spouse, that bad spouse, because they're being bad, right. um, ends up with a lot of money in that period, the breadwinning husband is going to be able to make that money again
1: and leave that person in the dust. Exactly. And you know, like you said last week on the show, I mean, if you think something's going on, you're going to... Uh, you may be facing a divorce, a pending divorce. Start saving money. Yeah, you need at least three months' worth of money to live on. To be I mean more than that, be, well, but at least three, and that's what experts say. I've read that and and counselled people that you need if you're working, you need at least three months of money. Yeah, to survive yeah. on.
2: And that kind of I, I didn't want to jump right into this, and I know we have some other questions, but it kind of goes right to uh, what we were talking about. Um, where does your spouse hide assets? Right. And, um, and could your spouse be hiding assets? And if he, he and I'm going to say he, we're going to use that as just a just generic term, you mm-hmm. know, it may not be always the case. Um, if he is hiding assets, does that mean that that you won't get the divorce settlement that you deserve? Right. In a lot of cases, that is the case because right. they're hidden the assets. If you're a woman going through divorce, you need to ask yourself those two tough questions. And while there's obviously no way I can know the answers that apply in your case. I can tell you this. Okay, what are the two tough questions? The two tough questions are, is he or my spouse hiding assets? Okay. Because that's really the first thing that when there's a break, that's not the first thing they do. A lot of times people are just philanders or maybe they're not, maybe they they think in their mind they can have an open marriage because they haven't been exposed to, you know, what the right thing to do is. But, um, but that being said, uh, one is, is he hiding assets? And the other is, does that mean that you won't get what you deserve in the divorce? Right, Because okay. you can't find those assets. All right. So first look at that. But I don't want to like put a break in, in, in good relationships, but I can tell you right now, I'm not thinking not even once because I've got a really good, good marriage. That The thought that my husband was hiding assets has never even crossed my mind. Not even. But You're it saying did. it has or has it not. It has not. I've well, never good for thought you, about Tony. that. You're fortunate. But in my other two marriages, mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. So I knew there was an instinctive, thought that the sort of the, the the water covering the sea, the knowledge, I guess that was something that was in our, our scripture this morning. I love the way they, that this is said in the Bible. It says, um, there shall be no harm or ruin on all of my holy mountain, if you want to, you know, kind of put your own terms in there, for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as water covers the sea. Mm-hmm. And I love how that's written because wouldn't it be nice if we had that sort of knowledge about our own mm-hmm. relationships? The water, the knowledge of the water, like the water covering. The yeah, in every
1: crack and crevice underneath. Yeah. But yeah. I
2: have that. I mean, I have such a trust with
1: the husband I have now, Jim, my
2: my beloved, that I don't worry about that. But I know from experience that that, and, and through representing a lot of clients, that that's a, a lot of times the first thing that they're doing. In fact, when they go into the relationship, they're already hiding assets. That's exactly because they right. don't expect this to last. It's sort of a I'm just going to make her happy and marry her because she won't leave me alone. And I need this, you know, arm piece. Maybe okay, I don't know. Or maybe I need this, you know, because this person has got is set up in the community. Whatever the reason is, there, there's not the right reason for getting married. There's not that love and their trust. trust. And it's going to come back to bite you in the long run. But that's not why we're here today. Hear what we're talking okay. about so, when you can observe what signs there are. Okay. okay. So, um, hiding assets during a divorce is sneaky, unethical, and illegal. Yes, right? yes. So know that, guys, when you start doing this. And even when it's not, the divorce is not, it, when it's just pending, you're still looking toward it. So you're still doing still something that's illegal. completely unethical mm-hmm. because you, you know, are bound to your spouse. But it happens. And more frequently than most women expect. Mm-hmm. Okay. Think about it. Many couples today have complex financial portfolios. Well, not many, many, but uh, uh, the woodland, I mean, we live in a community where. That's a flu. I would say this. The people that I have the biggest problem with their divorces are not the ones that have no assets to split. They're really quick easy divorces right the ones that go on a long time and where there's there's actual physical injury when there's um, when there's so much hate and venom mm-hmm. going back and forth between them it usually has to do with money mm-hmm. and they're usually rich people mm-hmm. <laughs> so and it's unbelievable that this happens when there's money involved because a lot of times money kind of brings you happiness because you can buy money to stay away from each other but it doesn't buy happiness um, Your list uh, might include your marital residence rental or vacation properties bank and brokerage accounts, retirement and pension plans, stock options, restricted stock, deferred compensation, life insurance with a cash value, and uh, businesses and professional practices are really a big thing. And, And probably much more, but those are the big ones, okay? And even in the best of times, it can be extremely difficult to keep track of all these moving parts when a couple decides to divorce, that task can be exponentially more complicated, okay? Um, now, unfortunately, as you go through your divorce process, your husband may try to take advantage of your situation by hiding income and assets. And we know that mm-hmm. it happens
1: so much that,
2: mm-hmm. that it's just it's hard to just kind of stomach, really. Mm-hmm. Um, now, how can you tell? There are steps you can take to help ensure that you have an accurate accounting of your family finances. And for starters, be on the lookout for certain telltale signs that your husband has some dirty tricks up his sleeve. And make sure you work with a qualified divorce team not just your attorney, but a team that you can trust and that there's a, a privilege where you're not discussing your finances that they have to disclose it. So, it's helpful to have an attorney that uh, is also an accountant or financial advisor, and they're more expensive, but in your situation, if money is involved, mm-hmm. a lot of money is involved. You may need to do that so mm-hmm. that you have that privilege. Right. right. And um, to help ensure, anyway, the, the team is to help you ensure that you have the professional expertise and the support required to receive a fair settlement, okay? Now, um, I know that what we were discussing earlier is a lot of people get referrals by, from other attorneys, for attorneys, and from other people who have had a good experiences with attorneys. But that, can, that may be that they're on the side where the money is. You really have to be careful about who you select as your attorney. because, And even as an attorney, I mean, we know that it's, it's well-meaning. Most attorneys go into this with, with a good spirit and a good heart and are very ethical. But uh, many times that money is the root of all evil, Right. And love of money the is the root of, of all money. evil, mm-hmm. and um and they see like we've discussed the last few uh, sessions that we talked about divorces, um that part of your estate should go to them in attorney's fees, and it may be that your attorney is feeling overwhelmed because you are, uh, are in such a, a an emotional state that you're not explaining your su- situation very clearly, and they're having to put a lot more time into it right. than they should, and so right. you're sucking the life out of them as an attorney, you're mm-hmm. sucking the life out of them, mm-hmm. and um and so they they feel like they need to charge a little bit more. And that's but their price per hour should have already considered that. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned is a lot of attorneys, they're friends of mine that are well meaning, tend to not tend to, but have in the past gotten sucked into this also, where they're not doing a good job. They are basically so frustrated that they they're like, I'm not going to go to court for you again until you pay me this much more because they know what they're in for. Right. But that's not right. It should be hourly. It should be fair. It should be something that's quantifiable. And if you see that your attorney is is not treating you fairly or you feel that way, mm-hmm. just like with your spouse, because you now have a relationship with your an attorney too, um, you may not want to be the first one to confront them with this. You may want to consult with a second attorney mm-hmm. or maybe even a friend of yours an attorney or maybe your clergy or somebody that's been through it to find out, are these signs that my attorney may be taking advantage of me? It may not be just my, my husband's taking advantage of me. My attorney may be also, or maybe the attorney referenced expert, the CPA, or the financial analyst. You don't know, but if you feel it, you need to ask. Even, I say pray, but sometimes in your heart, you don't hear the right things if you're emotionally involved in it. So you need to ask somebody that you trust, or maybe just pay another attorney for a second opinion. Well, Not it's like, it's like last
1: word. last week, we talked about that case that's going on in Montgomery County. Mm-hmm. And I know in that situation, The woman that is involved in the divorce had uh, owes her attorney $35,000. They put up some properties to be sold, and in the event that the properties are sold, the attorneys for both sides Mm -hmm. will split the profits. But when he found out— Wait, but come back.
2: The attorneys are going to split the profits Mm -hmm. of the properties as their fee? Uh Uh-huh. That's unethical. I think that's in the canon of ethics. They can't do that.
1: They got the court to agree to that. Oh, my god. Oh, but listen— but then when that was in County. Uh-huh. When her Doesn't attorney matter. found out that his attorney, the other side, uh, he owed them the husband owed them seventy thousand dollars. Then and she only owed him, her attorney, thirty-five thousand dollars. He asked for a thirty-five thousand dollar upfront cash retainer, a trial retainer is what uh-huh. he called oh. it. Oh, no. So so it's exactly to make it equal. It's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. When your attorney asks for Bonds up front because mm-hmm. they know what it's like to deal with you. Uh-huh. This is what right. they're thinking. Right. Right. Uh-huh. I mean, the client doesn't know that's what they're thinking. Right.
2: The client's just like, why, I, I need why are you in. asking me? I'm totally relying on them because, as you know, when somebody's in a de- desperate situation, they're ready to throw money at the attorney that's willing to help them. If they have it. If they have it. They uh, or give do. them whatever they can. Beg, mm-hmm. borrow, steal. Like mm-hmm. I had a client the other day, uh, a couple of days ago, asking me to put my house up to, um, to, uh, to um, for the bonding company they could get out. And they were just like, ask you to put your oh, house yes. up. That, oh, I get gosh, that all the time. You. Believe me, it's not unusual that my clients are like, oh, Miss Tony, you don't understand. I don't have the property to, you know, for my $200,000 bond. And, and I promise I won't leave the country or leave town or whatever. And I just, I don't have the collateral, but I have the money. And when I get out, I'm going to give you this and I'm going to give you the title of my car and stuff, but not anywhere near what they're asking you to do with your house. And of course, I can't do that. And I, I I'll be honest with you. I've done it before. And I was in such a state of panic that that these people that I really didn't know that well were going to skip town on me, that I never did it again. And um, I certainly don't do it now. And I, I'm i so weak about helping people that I have to actually call their relatives, not the direct ones that are asking me for the money and say, right. what do you have? I ask them, what can you tap into so I don't have to be on the hook because it's going to it's gonna hurt me. And even though I want to hurt them, I'm doing the best I can. But that being said, um, attorneys, well, a lot of times will have a bleeding heart and help you. But... A lot of times they won't. And what they do see is they see the other attorney working maybe not nearly as hard. You're doing right. all the policing and stuff and they're making a lot more money. And then that's when you get into a real pickle because the attorney that, that you've got is saying basically in their mind, why are they getting more? Mm-hmm. When everything's basically going to come out the same, I mm-hmm. should get the same. And that's when they're asking you for more. And so it just, it, it it's, it's a bad thing because now you've got the attorneys are, your fiduciary basically, mm-hmm. the guy representing you or right. girl representing you. Is now kind of tied into your finances because they know knowledge is power. So that was why I was when you told me that they said that the amount of the the property the the profit would be split as a as almost a contingency fee. I know is is is, is, is impossible for me to just mm-hmm. wrap my arms around that the a court, court would agree
1: to that. The court granted that. Mm-hmm. Okay, well,
2: people, I don't think that's a good idea. And If someone was doing that, I guess that one side would probably be biting tooth and nail for that not to be. Mm-hmm. But if the court granted it, I guess I would ask for a reconsideration and ask the attorney I have, or maybe a second one to step in as a co-counsel, which I've had that done before too, where someone's had an attorney and they don't feel like they're doing a good job or maybe the attorney's too overwhelmed and they'll ask me to step in as a co-counsel, maybe not necessarily the lead one. And then I'm a part of the group and it's like, I kind of have to let the new attorneys know, by the way, you're not being fired, but I'm a part of the group now, almost like a watchdog. Like I'm, I'm kind of there to keep things intact. And that's money too. It's a part of, you know, it's a part of what, you know, I'm being paid for. Uh, as long as you have a full understanding. But where I was going with this is that you sometimes do not want to tell your actual attorney that you're questioning their ethics. Mm-hmm. And that would be for me too, if somebody questioned mine mm-hmm. because, um, because they may not be your friend. Mm-hmm. You have to see who your friend is. You don't know what evil spirit has introduced itself into somebody because when money's involved, you never know. Mm-hmm. It always goes crazy. Now, that all being said, mm-hmm. uh, let's just say that you've got somebody, and I'd like to think that we're completely ethical because— because life is not peaceful unless you're doing the right thing, and so mm-hmm. I'm not going to be doing anything wrong. And on the other hand, maybe your attorney doesn't know they've done something wrong, or maybe you've misjudged them, mm-hmm. and you need to do, need to talk about that. But all that being said, mm-hmm. um, that you, you communication is important, but before you jump the gun and, and almost accuse, because no matter how you say it, it's going to sound accusatory, you may want to ask for a second opinion. Maybe I'm looking at this wrong. Mm-hmm. But don't go to your spouse when you're divorcing, because they're, right. you know, they're not... We've seen that happen too, oh, right. where you've got uh, the maybe the sister of the spouse that you think that they're aligned with you or the family, and they're really not. Blood
1: thicker than than that piece of divorce paper. And they In most be, situations, but I know some situations where they, you know, I mean the situation was so bad that the guy's family did, you know, they were they nice were the family. ones you could trust.
2: Yeah. I always say go to an outside source, and whether that be the church or a second opinion, somebody you don't know, a friend. Um, or whoever, just a good friend, mm-hmm. uh, kind of run it by somebody else if you suspect before you open your mouth up. Silence is golden in these situations. Mm-hmm. You, you shouldn't be disclosing information to your enemy uh, because they'll use it against you later, and right. a lot of people make that really bad mistake that they think they're chumming up with somebody that's their friend, and they're going to help them, and they turn around, and they stab them in the back. So. Women, just know that you're in a vulnerable situation if the very person that you married that should be your one and only that you trust is stabbing you in the back. You really feel like you have nowhere to go. Church is the first place I would go. Just, you know, pray because that's you may get some direction. And in fact, you will if you really listen from your heart. You may get wisdom, direction, and grace. But you also may, that, that wisdom, direction, and grace may send you to a, a second attorney or professional that may be able to guide you, okay? And now, um, I know that
1: saying we have like a couple of minutes. Are we ready for a break? Okay. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to take a break right now, um, and we will be right back on The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl.
0: Lone Star Boxer Rescue is a nonprofit organization serving Montgomery County and surrounding areas dedicated to the health and well-being of the boxer breed. Star Boxer Rescue is run and managed 100% by volunteers since 1999. Our main objective is to rescue, rehabilitate and rehome boxers that come to us from many sources including local animal shelters, owner surrenders and strays. For more information about Star Boxer Rescue, visit our website at lsbr.org.
1: Hey, Montgomery County and online listeners. Thank you so very much for checking out Jazzy Fives with Soul. What? You haven't done so yet? Well, you've got to tune in. Hi, I am the host of Jazzy Fives with Soul, Miss Cece Holmes, and I invite you to check us out every Friday and Saturday from 7 until 9 p.m., where you will get the best in old school r&b and of course a little smooth jazz to make it jazzy so tune in that's right tune in every friday and saturday right here on Conro's 104.5 and 106.1 fm or worldwide at irlongstar.com
0: Health Center Southeast Texas is a federally qualified health center. We accept Medicare, Medicaid, and most major private insurances. For our self pay patients, we have a sliding scale discount program available. Our health centers have qualified providers and staff striving every day to provide the best quality of care to our patients. Services offered are family medicine, behavioral health services, telepsychiatry, and pediatrics. We have four area locations. Look up the Health Center Southeast Texas online at hcset.com. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio, broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas.
1: Good afternoon and welcome back to The Legal Connection. Tony and, Sh- Tony and Cheryl are here talking about uh, divorce issues in Texas from a woman's perspective. And uh, Tony, so uh, we have a listener question I think goes with what we've been talking about, but it might help just kind of wrap it up, uh, that topic. What can be done to handle divorce cases whereby it is clear the corporate issues are too complex to be fully addressed in a family law court? That happens. That's I've all had the time. So many
2: cases like that. In fact, in my own experience, it happened like that. Um, mm-hmm. In in uh, you know, I'll, I'd be the first to admit I've been married three times. Three times a mm-hmm. charm. Um, the uh, the first one had businesses related. A lot of when mm-hmm. it, you know for 20, 25 years with somebody, you are probably at some point going to start a business with them or uh, entrepreneurs. Uh, yeah. you know, that was kind of what I was drawn to anyway. And then uh, the second one had uh, we had a, a law a practice. Mm-hmm. And so there was a, a lot of, of corporate, um, there was an, an issue as to the money and the corporation and did the, the the attorney that I hired was the, and I had very expensive attorneys, were they equipped to sort out the the accounting and the corporations and split out all these different entities and, right. and they weren't, but they, this is how you handle it. Not that they weren't because as attorneys, you're exposed to that, but, and this is ones that I've handled too. But what you do is you get, um, you can do it two different ways. You can get an attorney, a, a second attorney, so that, because it can be that complex that it, it has its own life.
0: You mm-hmm. get a second
2: attorney. Um, well, let me go to the first. The first line, course of action is not to get a second attorney. You have your attorney and you hire a, a financial analyst, a CPA. They have an expert that they usually use. They have, there's several really, really big renowned ones in Houston. Mm-hmm. Says, where there's so much money with oil, you know, mm-hmm. multi-billion dollar company, what have you. Um, They'll get a a specialist in 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 assets, uh, someone that's got a law degree but doesn't practice law, but is a CPA or financial analyst, and they 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 go they they um, analyze and determine the value of the corporation by going to the futures and the past and who put what into it. They mm-hmm. break it down, mm-hmm. and so they are very expensive, though. I mean, beyond expensive. Well, you could also
1: instead of a CPA, you could get like a business evaluator, You know, that's what they do, though. I've, they they're I've business they are business evaluation.
2: Experts, Okay. And so, you, you, so you get four, your attorney
1: to bring them on. Well,
2: usually the attorney has somebody they've used before. They have mm-hmm. a working relationship with or them. Or the and court will appoint them. one if there's a and disagreement. usually I fight anything court-appointed. I know that's bad, but I feel like they're on a Rolodex or they know them or they may not have the skill set. And I don't want the court-appointed because I'm stuck with them, whereas if I, on my own, can choose somebody right. based on their credentials or a reference, and i found references are probably— the very top um, tier of what I go with, I'll find somebody that I trust that's been through a divorce mm-hmm. that had a lot of money was involved. Mm-hmm. And and just like with my house or anything else, plumbers, electricians, I've learned that if you get a reference, maybe
1: not two or three, but somebody that, that's been through it, then that's your best. And so go. then your second option, so your first option is get a business valuator, CPA, Well, your first accountant. option is
2: to keep the attorney you have or find the attorney after getting references. And get a and business And they have valuer. an
1: expert that they use okay. that they've had a
2: lot of good... Um, results with because they've already got a relationship and they're telling you, I trust them. And so your second option. Your second option is that you have your own attorney that you still trust and respect and are working with. And you really don't want to change attorneys midstream if you don't have to, because it's really expensive to get it going again. Mm-hmm. And and that really looks bad to a jury or to a judge that you you've keep dropping attorneys. Cause it looks like that you're the, you're somebody that can't be consistent. So you don't want to switch horses midstream if you don't have to. Uh, so, which is why you want to, I like to layer it as opposed to, get rid of. There's less hurt feelings. They've got the background. You can still hold them accountable if they're still your attorney for things they were supposed to do, that kind of thing. Um, the second thing is, though, so that you have an attorney that you're using, and then you go out and you find your own expert to help do the business evaluation. And again, it doesn't have to be an attorney, but there is an attorney-client privilege, but you may not need an attorney-client privilege.
1: Well, Tony, don't you think that that you should file, uh, get your attorney to file a motion to sever the, the cases, like into the corporate... And the family are a must. I don't of like that trials. at all. Why? I don't like
2: that at all. I like to keep it all same because the reason for the the union and the you know that culminated in the, in the fracture of the marriage is all probably a part of why the business, if it was started together in particular, um, it's all intertwined. And so you wouldn't want it separate because you're retrying the same issues again over and over. Now it's different if the person had their own business and you got married and the business was on its own. Let's say uh, a rich oil and gas man had oil wells that were pumping for 20 years and you married them and they're just collecting the royalties. Well, that's really not your business. I mean, yeah, it's really, you yeah. married into it and you get the, the benefit of marrying into that income, but it's not your business and it's their separate property and everyone knows that's the law. Unless your time, toil, and sweat and what have you went toward that, then really you shouldn't if it was operating then you're not going to get it. Um if you help develop a company, it's a completely different story. Then that's really right. part of the marriage. Right. That was part of your lifestyle. Right. I don't like to split those out. I like them to be one of the same. Although the issue should be tried, and they are separate issues about reimbursement and contribution, they'll be they'll be treated separately in divorce, and that's the mo- that's mainly why you're going to have a jury in a divorce, not because there's going to be a property split and there's fact issues, right? But but not I don't like to split them personally. I like to mm-hmm. keep it all together. But you can do it separately, and I've seen it ha- mm-hmm. happen separately, mm-hmm. and it may be a good idea sometimes to do it separately. You see that your your particularly uh, your particular attorney or your set of attorneys or your team of attorneys is not doing well with this particular judge for whatever reason, mm-hmm. then you may very well want to sever and go into a separate court so you have two different judges you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. That's not judge shopping.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a good business decision mm-hmm. because you may win on one and fail on the other. Well, well, because the concern that I know a lot of people that I've talked to uh, have stated, and I, I hear this often, is that the corporate issue, the civil, it, it is can't be adequately addressed in a family law court. That it needs to be severed out in, into a civil well, no, law it court. Well,
2: Of course, it can. Any court of law can look at the facts. And uh, is your judge savvy enough? Have they had enough? See, experience that's the problem. The ones in Harris County that were on the bench for thirty years have heard it all. Well, so, I'll tell you have. what
1: the people. I and I really do hear this, and you know, people are always saying, "Hey, did you know there was an article written about family law courts and how they can't handle?" Um, yeah. uh complex yeah. uh divorces because you, of the corporate issues what and blah blah blah. More blah.
2: more so is the bias of the judges to the attorneys. Not and maybe even the particular client, the judge just doesn't like them for some reason or another. Right. And it's and the judge's decision is made whether or not you like it or not. And everyone's not everyone, but if you've been in court and you've been you've had a bad ruling, uh, many times you just can't understand it. You're like uh, the facts are clear they clearly support our position and we didn't do anything legally improper or wrong in getting this evidence in, then how can this be? And you've got to go to, and this is really bad, but one of my dear, dear friends who was an attorney for like 30 years, who um who I rely upon for his opinion and 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 he's amazing because he is always right. He's always taught me what he's telling me is true. He said he had to get out of the law business because the judges um, look at who gives campaign contributions and who has the higher one. And you know the running joke is uh, well, you, the judge tells the two clients that you know, in a conference in their, their chambers, you know, are the two uh, attorneys, you know, I need, to, I need to disclose this to you. This attorney gave me $10,000 uh, in a change contribution. He just gave it to me. And, you know, I don't really think that's fair. And I've got to disclose to you that this attorney only gave me $5,000. And uh, so I want to give you the chance to to raise the other five, <laughs> you know, basically. <laughs> that's and that's, they look at it. And I worked for judges before, and they do look. And I actually heard the judges say in chambers, Go see if they they made a campaign contribution. So it could be that that your attorney did that and that they're swayed that way. So you don't know all no, the time. The good thing about what's happened in Harris County, and I hate to say this, is a good thing, but because we they almost all of the you know the Republican judges were voted out this election, we've had a, a, a whole wave of new judges that have come in that are Democratic and are, are Democrats. So I won't say whether that's good or bad. I'm a Republican, but the people I know. I know a lot of the attorneys that became judges. I like them a lot. I don't, I didn't even right. know they were, maybe they ran on the Democratic ticket because they knew they could win because that was the wave. But I really like them and I think they're fair and hopefully they won't be, you know, become biased by, you know, are corrupted. But uh, that being the case, they may not because they're so new and with very little experience. Some of them are, have been attorneys for only, you know, five to seven years. They may not have the experience to handle the corporate decisions. And they may not have the experience to know to, how to make their correct rulings on what should go to a jury and that then you're going to have all the expense of going to the appellate court to get it right. Right. And now the appellate court has a lot of Democrats on it that have, have no experience at all. So you may end up in the Texas Supreme court, which I've seen cases that have gone all the way to the Texas Supreme court and, and my clients have won in the Texas Supreme court because they got it wrong in each level below, So you can't give up if you've got the right facts and, and, okay. and you know it, but, but that being the case, um, I want to talk about how assets are hidden because okay. that kind of goes to what we were talking about in the beginning for you to, on the most basic level in your marriage. This is, you have to help yourself. Don't rely on your attorney to be able to dig this information out discovery. You have to help them. We don't read mine. Right. And you can ask for discovery. And I guarantee that other attorney, if they do the right thing, they're going to hide or they're not going to answer, or they're going to they're going to do what they can to be behind that wall, so you can't find those assets because that's what attorneys do. Okay, I mean it's not that they're bad; that's what they're hired to do is protect their client. Okay, mm-hmm. so what the uh, you know there have been some suggestions that um, that it, a lifestyle ana- analysis uh, should be made to conduct uh, uh, to conducted by a financial fi- uh, divorce planner or a divorce financial planner, get us right, mm-hmm. and uh, to get a clear picture of your standard of living and whether you need alimony or not, and if any assets could be hidden, or you know the reason, uh, you know so that you can so that your attorney for your case can analyze your marital living expenses and connect those expenses to all the known sources of income, assets, and loans. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, um, you it's it's pretty easy to see who's got the who's got the heads up in the in the relationship on who's making the money and that kind of thing. Now, mm-hmm. if the amount of living expenses exceeds the amount of the known income, assets, and loans. That should be a giant red flag because that means that there's there's, money, not, there's, there's some somewhere. income that's not being disclosed. Mm-hmm. Or they, they shouldn't have any money to even hire you, but they do. So what's going on with that? That should be a huge red flag to to the attorney. It's right. <laughs> really for us to look at. And we see that all the time. But usually it's, if you've got someone who's dripping in diamonds and they, there's, no, there's less income coming in than what they're spending, then there's being assets hidden. Okay, so mm-hmm. that's the that one flag. Um, discrepancies like this are telltale signs that, there's concealed income and assets, and the goal of this lifestyle analysis, in essence, is to determine if the amounts of reporting income, assets, and liabilities are sufficient to run to uh, to fund the marital lifestyle. Now, you know that there's assets being hidden, like a, a case that we recently handled, sort of together. We were we, it was first my client and then your client, that kind of thing, where we knew they had a a lifestyle where they were vacationing and they had several houses and cars, and the, the kids were going to private school, but they were, they were getting ready to declare bankruptcy, but there was income coming in. That tells you that there's cash money coming in yeah. and they're using it in that way. That's really bad for the spouse that's not making and hiding that money. unless. And what happens a lot in these situations too is that very astute and unethical uh, spouse, usually the husband in these situations that we've dealt with, um, are setting up companies using the wife's name mm-hmm. as the president because they've already got a bad record and they're trying to avoid judgments and stuff. So women, hey, mm-hmm. even though that has nothing to do with divorce, it has more to do with marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, before you marry that uh, that person, I guess men too, you mm-hmm. want to look at their background. Just You trust them, but don't trust them that much. You're not married to them yet. You want to look to do one of those, go to one of those websites like Been Verified. You don't have to hire a private investigator. Save your money. Right. Just look to see if um, they have any judgments. Go to several counties. Look in surrounding counties, counties where they've lived before. Look right. to see if there's any civil judgments, mm-hmm. any if there's any criminal judgments. Absolutely. Do they have any history? Mm-hmm. Is there some um ask them if they're honest with you? And I think this would be a little bit uncomfortable. I've never done it with any of my husbands, but yeah. um asking for a credit report would almost seem like they're a gold digger, but that you almost need to do that to see if they're using someone else's name mm-hmm. and there's any fraud going on. But I think that if you go to the federal sites, the court sites, the the local sites, eviction sites, um, you can pretty much see um, if they've got something going on in the background that you don't know about. Mm-hmm. And I also think shady characters hang around your friends when they're good friends or people that don't have jobs that have a lot of money. You know, if there's something shady going on, that's also a sign. But these are things that you should know before you get married. We're talking about after you get married, after you've lived with them for a while, and you're not really sure. Uh, and uh, the best thing that we can suggest is, although communication is really important, as all um, counselors tell you, the first thing you're going to do is not, just like with the police, take your fifth, you're not going to communicate you're going to sort of watch and observe mm-hmm. and take notes. Okay, I, I so, agree. That being said, um, um, we're going to talk about, uh, uh, I don't know how much time we have left. How much time do we have left? We yet? have about a minute. On, on this segment? or mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Totally about uh, 10 minutes.
1: Okay, good. We can go over like 15 ways people hide assets. Okay, well, we're going to take a break right now and we'll uh, come back and finish our talk about uh, ways that people hide assets in a marriage.
0: We have the safest food supply in the world. Strict laws and regulations restrict the usage of hormones, antibiotics, and pesticides within our food supply. Production agriculture practices and technologies such as the use of GMOs, which is not any more or less risky than conventional crop production, has allowed American farmers to produce more food on less acres in an environmentally sound way. Find out more online at pathatoplate.tamu.edu. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, Helping Texans make lives better.
1: Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Today, we are here talking about marriage from a woman's perspective or a person who's not the one earning the lion's share of the income. You can send us your messages on Facebook. You can watch us live on Facebook. We're The Legal Connection Show on Facebook. And, okay, Tony, so what are these 15 ways that people can hide assets? 15 ways to lose your lover. No, no. This is... um, yeah, I didn't even think of some of these. You have to have kind of the unethical
2: mind. Now, this is just a sampling of some of the tactics that can come into play um, if your spouse wants to undervalue or disguise or to hide marital assets oh, okay. so somebody can't get to them. And I know it can apply to other things like bankruptcy and stuff. So people don't take this as a how-to be a criminal. right? This is if you're the spouse that's, being, the um, victim? that's the victim. You need to be aware and kind of be looking at these things, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is in a no particular order. Um, purchase items that can be— Easily overlooked or undervalued. And maybe no one will notice that expensive antique carpet uh, that's now in your husband's office or uh, not in the home necessarily, but somewhere else. Um, And were you wondering why he recently made these significant additions to his coin stamp or art collections? Things that you wouldn't even think of have any value, but Mm -hmm. he may know they have some value like penny socks or whatever. Mm -hmm. Be aware if he's suddenly gotten this new hobby and he's putting a lot of money into it, Mm -hmm. that that may be uh, a sign. Maybe it's just a hobby, but it could be a sign. Okay. Um, it, what happens when your husband stash money, stashes money in a safety deposit box? And those are hard to find sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it costs money to get them, too. And I know that if, if you lose the key, the bank charges you a lot of money to get it back. You can't even get to him if you get the other spouse, because there's only one signer on it. Mm-hmm. So be aware of that. Are somewhere in the house or elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Suddenly money's coming in, and they're stashing it. Why aren't they putting it in the bank? Right. Why, why are they hiding this? That's very Think common. through your husband's recent habits and activities. Anything that leads you to believe that he's hiding assets, that is that are that is actual cash. That may be a sign that he's not just trying to stock away for a, a you know a rainy day or yeah. whatever. Okay, could be for you. So be aware and just take note and maybe take pictures with your cell phone because <laughs> you may need to come up with that later. And I've had that with post divorce cases where um, where the uh, a spouse has found out that literally a million dollars in gold was stashed in a safe in the brother in law's house because it was taken over little by little. Right, and they found out about it and it was like a four year post divorce action. And they weren't able to get it because they didn't have enough evidence that it existed. But everyone said they
1: had it, but they couldn't prove it. And the judge was kind of on the side of the, the woman. That, that so they didn't take pictures. I see um, taking pictures of cash. I don't know how you're going to prove that. I I'd lay it all out. They knew. They talked can, about
2: it. The family talked about it. why is this gold honing People talked about it. But then the family aligned with the person it was doing because they had the money, and they were paying off. Good them night. And so you need to be kind of aware of that if you can just get a picture without you know getting like killed or whatever. Uh, I watch a lot of murder mysteries, so that's kind of where we go with it. Um, all right. Underreporting income on tax returns are financial statements—very common. If it's not reported, it can't be used in a financial analysis. Mm-hmm. And they may be saying, "Oh, it's going to help you because we have to pay less taxes on it." That's unethical. It's illegal. Mm-hmm. If it's income, just reported the taxes. It's not worth it in the long run to lie. God right. doesn't want you to lie. You're going to have to be doing a confession on it. And ultimately, we all know this. I say this all the time. We are here to serve others and to worship God. And it's all monopoly money. And, and after you die, it's so. Really, eternity it, it, is a lot more important than not underreporting your income and having to deal with this kind of crap and telling it to St. Peter. Okay, whatever. Right. That's my, my Catholic thing coming in, but it's not worth lying over. Um, okay, overpaying—this the is—I is, would never have thought about this. Overpaying the IRS or creditors. If your husband overpays, he can get a refund later after yeah. the divorce is final. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even think about that, yeah. but that you have to go back and report it to get it back. Hmm. Um, defer salary, delay signing new contracts, or hold commissions— are bonuses. I've seen that a lot. Oh, me too. This sneaky trick means the income won't be on the books during the divorce, divorce proceedings. And right. people do that a lot.
1: I know. Oh, I
2: love this one. And it happens a lot. I didn't even think of it for a while. Until you see it happen and it comes up in a case. Creating phony debt. Your husband can collude with family members or mm-hmm. friends to establish phony loans or expenses. Then he can make the payments to the other family members or friends knowing that he'll get the money back after the divorce is final. Mm-hmm. Happens a lot. You're dealing with the family member that's totally they may not have liked you to begin with, mm-hmm. so they're happy to see you go. Mm-hmm. It happens a lot with mother in law. De- yeah. Mm-hmm. It does. The mother uh, does not want you to marry her baby and she's happy to help.
1: Yeah, I've had clients purchase brand new trucks in their mom's name or uh, run up debt, uh, open new credit cards just to run up the debt mm-hmm. because the debt is split in the end. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, yes. oh, it's supp- split. Oh, so that is yeah. the worst, trying yeah. to
2: split the debt because they always say it was for you too. Anything yeah. you do is going to be, well, I did that for you too. Or mm-hmm. they'll say, it was a business decision. Mm-hmm. It, it's If you if they're making all this money and suddenly just because of the divorce, business is crashing, yeah. then you know that's you would think the jury and the judge and everybody would see that. But it, it's, you have to have the evidence. Well, the you judge sees forward. it.
1: They call it the divorce flu. Yeah. The
2: divorce bug. He's got yeah. the divorce bug. It's, the judges, though, are like, well, I, they always tell you, well, do you have any evidence? they so look right at you. Do you have any evidence? And it's like, my word. Well, I'm sorry, <laughs> but it's your word against his, and I need more than that. Mm-hmm. And then, so you really do need to be a little bit sneaky and get that cell phone camera out. That's why we live in this day and age. Okay. Mm-hmm. The next is to set up a custodial account in the name of a child using the child's social security number. Mm-hmm. And you see this a lot with second and third marriages mm-hmm. where they're doing it for a different child mm-hmm. uh, that's not in the marriage. Oh, they'll say, oh, they, I feel bad for them. They're the, they're the child of my first marriage. And, you know, they feel like you've taken their place or whatever. And the truth of the matter is they're simply moving their money so you right. can't get to it. It happens a lot. Right. Um, he could use his girlfriend's social security number, uh, in which case it might be different. It might be almost impossible to locate it. And that's when you get into the deal where, someone's got a girlfriend and they're really not even really liking the girlfriend. They're really just using the new girlfriend to be a place to store the money and leading her on because love money through to all evil. So you have to look at all these things that are going on. But if suddenly your husband's declaring bankruptcy, when there was a lot of money before mm-hmm. or all of a sudden oh, business is going badly and they're intentionally making it go bad. That's another way they do it. Mm-hmm. Then, um, you know, it's almost like you knew this. I want to tell my clients all the time. You knew this when you married them, you should have known their character uh, or, or, or if they've had a line of divorces before you, you know, you should have known this was going to, you know, something was wrong.
1: But a lot of people don't know. And, uh, you know, love us that Or some deal. people get married young and they didn't see that, Okay. Well, you know.
2: And uh, another one is transfer stock. Your husband may own, uh, he may transfer stock and investment accounts into the name of family members, business partners, or dummy companies mm-hmm. after the divorce is final. And then after the divorce is final, assets are transferred back to him. That's exactly what we were talking about last week, mm-hmm. where you've got, you have the control over uh, deeding properties that are in like a, a real estate, um, uh, what was it, a real estate trust fund, mm-hmm. real estate investment trust, or mm-hmm. you know whatever they call them, the writ, the RITs. Um, they'll move all the properties in their name. I see this so much. They buy the property together. Oh, honey, we need to move it for this. Or mm-hmm. we just need to move it here. I don't want to get taxed on it, whatever. And then they've got it all in their name. And then what are you going to do? If you don't have it documented that that wasn't a gift, or you better have at least have your cell phone on record while you're having this conversation. As bad as that sounds, if you're not an attorney, you don't have to disclose it, and that, that recording will come in, in the divorce. Yes. So, um, any do we have more listener questions? Uh,
1: yeah. I We had one last week. Uh, I think this is an interesting one, and it goes along with our discussion. Mm-hmm. What recourse does a client have? We've got, like, two more minutes. Mm-hmm. What recourse does a client have with lawyers that seemingly lengthen the legal process and are reluctant to involve co counsel? or forensic experts that you're talking about, mm-hmm. advisors, that could shorten the process. What can a client do if they're saying, I was listening to Tony and Cheryl, and they uh. said, blah, 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 uh. and we need to get, a, and the attorney won't do it. What can the client do? Oh,
2: now, that's really odd that an attorney wouldn't go forward. And And, like, I guess an example would be a temporary injunction, perhaps. Like, you know, they've got money, and they're getting ready to move it or hide it or transfer it. And you don't have anything to stop it. And usually you get a, a, most attorneys when they see that they'll automatically file a divorce petition that has the um the temporary restraining order that lasts for 14 days and you can extend it or and then they ask for a temporary injunction where people can't move their money, which they do anyway, but you've got to you gotta prove it. But but what if they won't? What if the Well if they you're won't saying, they go get another attorney? There's a gazillion no, attorneys right. out there. That's what I and think. And if you've already given them a retainer, yeah, I would immediately I wouldn't give them a big retainer up front, I would be reporting them to the bar because they're not doing you a service unless there's a very good reason, and you ask a second attorney to find out why. But I, I don't know of any
1: attorney that wouldn't go forward and help well, you. Well, the case we were talking about last week, that they, that's one of the issues that they faced. So, okay, Tony, well, listen, we are finished for today. We want to thank you, our listeners. Uh, you can listen to us next Tuesday on 104.5 or 106.1 FM, Conroe's FM, uh, live on Facebook. You can Facebook message us or send us questions at LegalConnectionShow.com. And we want to remind you to serve God by serving others. Have a great week, guys.